Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Happy Wednesday, everybody. Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching in SWX Montana Television. If you want a way to watch on your mobile device or your computer or whatever you want to do, subscribe to our YouTube channel. N-U-A-N-E-Z. That's all you got to do. Search that on YouTube. You'll find the Nuanas Now YouTube channel. Please subscribe to watch us, stream us anywhere in the world. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show... SWX Montana Sports Director Sean Rainey's joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio. We talked all things Russell Westbrook, gave you some details on our giveaway from the um, Coeur d'Alene Stay and Play that we have coming up for Father's Day. We also answered some questions from some users and then a- asked some questions to some listeners as well, some trivia. You can find it all on the podcast. Podcast available on all your various podcast hosting platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Five stars is preferred. Podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. Just just a quick minute, Marty Morningway is going to come join us. He is a former Grizz quarterback and uh, a longtime NFL coach, mentored great quarterbacks throughout the NFL during his great time as a coach. Coach guys like Brett Favre, Steve Young, Michael Vick, all of the above. He's going to join us here for our ESPN roundtable. He's actually just walking in right now. But I have to. I got to ask Sean a couple more of these trivia questions real quick before Coach Morningweg sits down. Marty's here, so uh, we will we'll welcome him in, him in in just a minute. You can have a seat right here if you'd like, Marty. You can wave at the camera too. We're on TV. Oh, camera. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so Coach Morningweg, he'll join us here in just a quick minute. But Sean, I had a couple other reserve trivia questions that I wanted to ask you, and you can participate in this too if you'd like, actually, Marty, because you actually probably will know these guys a little better than Sean. There's I was just di- all the way down the rabbit hole, uh, number one overall draft picks from certain schools, because I was just totally floored that Alabama's only ever had one, and that it was way back in 1948. I mean, they probably had a million first-round draft picks, but only one ever that was number one. Because you got to think, I mean, there's only been less than 100 number one draft picks ever. Well, and they went through a long stretch there where it wasn't the quarterback that was kind of sure. the ship for them. Sure, sure, like, sure. It was all the other like blue chip players, and they right, kind of just right. had like, the system kind of plug-and-play quarterbacks. So, totally. I mean, obviously, it's the quarterbacks that go number one. Oh, I also thought it was fascinating, too, to think of schools like, I mean, Florida State's only ever had one number one overall pick. Um, UCLA has only ever had one number one overall pick. Oklahoma State, you know, although, I mean, very prestigious programs. Texas A&M's only ever had one overall number one pick. Who's that? 
Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Texas Tech? Texas A&M. A&M? The pass rusher. Yeah, Miles Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett. Yeah. Okay, so here's my two remaining trivia questions for you. And Marty, you can chime in and and, uh, help Sean if you can't get these. 1993, the first, last, and only number one overall draft pick from Washington State. Who is it? Do you know? I don't know. I would have to think a little bit, and we don't want any dead time on this show. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's Drew Bledsoe. I was going to say, the only draft pick as a Chargers, I'm a Chargers fan, so the only draft pick from Washington State that comes to mind is one that I don't like mentioning. So Ryan Leaf, number yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true for sure. <laughs> okay, then the other one I had that I thought was a fun one was, who's the only number one overall draft pick from UCLA? A quarterback as well back in 1989. God, that was the year I was born, so that was tough for me. Um, That's probably Troy. Troy Aikman. Mm. You got it. Gotta love it. Trivia is always fun, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. And on that note, time now for our ESPN Roundtable. We can call you a friend of the show now, right? You come and sat in the chair a couple times. Marty Morningweg, former Grizz quarterback and also longtime NFL quarterback mentor. Spent a a great career in the NFL. ESPN Roundtable probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Baseball is in full-fledged action right now. You need a place to watch baseball, head on down to Paradise Falls. They have both an early and late happy hour. You can have breakfast, lunch, dinner, all of the above at Paradise Falls. So go check them out, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. They got 30 big-screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Coach, first of all, last time you were in town, you were sort of you were doing the quarterback camps that you do here in Missoula, but you were sort of in between uh, your NFL stuff. But then you had a stop in Philadelphia lately, and now you're back in town. So just take us through what's the last year or so. I guess it's been probably two years since you've been by the show. But what's been going on? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I went back to Philadelphia as a consultant and enjoyed that so much. I got to sort of train uh, just an outstanding a rookie quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Right. I think he's got quite a future ahead of himself. Talk about that element of it because we've seen this massive evolution of quarterbacks in the last couple of years in the NFL. For a long time, there was this prototype, and now I think the prototype shifted. It used to be you needed to be 6'4, 6'5, rocket arm. Having a rocket arm still helps, but you look at guys like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tonga These guys aren't any taller than me. Now it's more about can you get outside the pocket? Can you move on the run? You know, can you can you throw different arm angles? All these different things. Hurts kind of fits that mold. So just what do you think of just the evolution of the position in the NFL? Well, first of all, Jalen really throws the ball well. I think he was very underrated coming out that way. Uh, he really blossomed throwing the football when he transferred to Oklahoma. Uh, Lamar Jackson's over six foot two, so he's a big man uh, and that he just runs four three. Uh, so the, <laughs> at least, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's fast, fast. He's like uh, Deshaun Jackson, where your opponent may see him on film and go, "This guy is really, really fast," but they don't know how fast till they start playing right. him on the gridiron, and so you can shock some people with that great speed. Now, let's go to the Super Bowl winner. You got Tom Brady. Classic drop back quarterback, mm-hmm. great instincts in the pocket, can move and groove within the pocket, rarely gets gets out and about. And then you've got Patrick Mahomes, who won a year ago and then was in it again this year, who's got great feet and unbelievable arm and is a creator, more of a creator. So you've got two different styles. Uh, and the ones who make it all the way, Typically can do both really, really well. Right. 
Uh, the, the, the Brady point's an interesting one because I think that he's been pigeonholed as this guy. I mean, he's obviously considered the, you know, the greatest winner, the greatest champion, one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever lived. But he's also been pigeonholed as this non-athletic guy who can't move around. Tom Brady's not going to go break the edge. He's not going to go get out in the open field. But his presence in the pocket is perhaps, the. I mean, probably he and Drew Brees are probably the two greatest in the history of the league, right? And being able to feel where the rush is coming from. So, I mean, that's an interesting element too, right? Because Brady is more mobile in the pocket than people give him credit for. Great feeling instincts. He feels things that others don't within the pocket. Uh, what a great decision maker. You know, great quarterbacks, they all are great decision makers. They throw the ball accurately. Great quarterbacks rarely miss the easy ones. Poor quarterbacks, they miss the easy ones regularly. And, and then it just stymies the offense if, if you allow it to occur too often. Uh, so Tom, his instincts within the pocket are just one of the best uh, ever to play the game. And then he throws the football so accurately and is typically an outstanding decision maker. I was thinking about this the other day, especially with you know Tom Brady playing you know so deep into his 40s now and just the, the amount of talent that we have at the quarterback position that let's say out of the five guys that were drafted in the first round this year, even if you know two or, or three of them hit and end up being you know, Pro Bowl type guys. Are we going to get to a point where I just feel like we're we're getting to a point where there's not going to be as many openings, quarterback openings, as far as what we've seen in the past. It just seems that like the overall the the level of quarterback play throughout the league um, is just pretty high. And I don't know if that is a function of like these guys are just. Um, you know they they learn more younger. They're ready for the stage, but like I mean, we're not we don't see them developed as much now. Like they're kind of thrown into it, and they're having a lot of success early. Well, a couple things come right to mind on that aspect. There, I I agree. They're playing earlier. Some day one, and so as what has happened is NFL coaches have designed their offenses around the strengths of this man that they just drafted. And so some of these RPOs and some of the movements, they already have in their system. So that's the first thing. The second thing is many of these quarterbacks have never been under center or even in a huddle. And, you you know, in the NFL, typically you have to do at least a little bit of that. So, and I did it as well when we started Lamar Jackson in the middle of the season. Went to a bunch of one-word plays. Just one word. I'll give you an example. Church, church, church. We're going to line up in trips right bunch, and we're going to go a little F uh, left in one way. And then it's deep cross. So, you know, cross, church, one way, and then you put it on the rest of the fellas, and you've got to be real conscious with the line, you know, because you don't want them to have to memorize 30 of them. But they can certainly memorize 12, and if the others make sense, then you can build up to 31 word plays in one ball game, and you put the onus on the other fellows, and they end up loving it. Then the quarterback can play freely and naturally without too much thinking about it. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula. It's ESPN Roundtable. Coulter Nuana, Sean Rainey, being joined in studio. Marty Morningweg, former University of Montana quarterback, longtime NFL quarterback mentor, talking all things quarterbacks. He's got a new podcast out as well. We're going to get to that in a minute, but this is a fascinating conversation. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I find that fascinating because, for lack of a better term, you guys are almost kind of dumbing it down for some of the young quarterbacks, but at the same time, it's still the, the the schemes and stuff are complex enough where you're, the offenses are giving defenses a lot of uh, struggles. And, yes, some of the rules and stuff have been leaning towards the offense, but we're seeing more and more offense in today's game. But yet offensive coordinators like yourself are kind of making it kind of simpler, but yet still having success and it's being difficult on the defense. Well, that's one of the yeah. strategies of teaching, right? Yeah. Whether you're in the classroom teaching young men and women in middle school and high school or you're in the NFL teaching the young players, if you can take something that's sort of complicated and there's some complication to all these schemes that are going on in the NFL, uh, quite a chess game, if you can take that thing and make it pretty simple and a player makes something complex and then in his own mind, Make it pretty simple with what his responsibilities are within that particular complex play. Then you're rolling and you can do much, much more. 
let's not ever uh, negate the amount of material and the amount of things that these young men in the NFL can handle because they can handle an awful lot. To Sean's point, too, I think this is fascinating. I was listening to a podcast with Trent Dilfer, who's become one of the great quarterback uh, sort of commentators now in his post-NFL career. And it's actually easy to forget that Trent Dilfer once upon a time was, I think, the number five or number six overall pick in the draft. I mean, he was a stud coming out of Fresno State. And he had an okay NFL career. But he made such a good point the other day. He was saying that when he was drafted by the Bucs, it took him a year to break in the lineup. But then when he did, he was okay. And then when there was a scout on him in year three, his second year as a starter, he was horrific. And he threw four touchdowns and 19 picks. And he said, I was the worst player in football at that time. But he talked about how the the Bucks were invested in him. There was not really anybody else being cultivated as a quarterback. So like he was saying, if this was now, there's no way a guy's going to throw four touchdowns and 19 picks. You're getting the hook right away because of the media pressure, because of the, the, the fan pressure, everything, right? So I mean... What do you think of just sort of the lack of the leash these guys have? Because it seems now, if a guy starts going down... I mean, look at Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston had one year, and all of a sudden now he's a bench player when he was a former Heisman Trophy winner and number one overall pick. Well, every quarterback is so much different f- from each other. From all, They're all individual-specific. So play directly to their strengths. That's the first thing. Period. Especially when they're young. Okay? And then the second thing is... You have to schematically, and as a coach or a coordinator, stay a step ahead of your opponent or a step or two ahead of the whole league. And then is what that does is that gives that young quarterback a chance to have a little bit more success. And then the last thing I'll say about quarterbacks that are struggling, don't give up on a talented, bright, athletic young man that's got some instincts. Don't give up on him because you put the right pieces together. You know, then he can flourish. Here's the situation. Even really, really good quarterbacks look awful on a bad offense or a bad team, right? Average quarterbacks look pretty good when they're surrounded by some pretty good players. For so sure. you might have a special quarterback that it hasn't shown on paper, it hadn't shown on film, the numbers aren't real good yet, and don't give up on him right before the baby's born. Well, that's why guys like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are so impressive to me because they do have good skill players around them right now, but they both play behind horrific offensive lines. And so to be able to perform at that, I mean, Sean's a San Diego guy and, and now a Los Angeles Chargers guy, but... I mean, Burrow and Herbert, that was that's what made their season so much more impressive to me because they had no protection to go along with operating at such a high level as such young guys. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I go back to Brett Favre. Yeah. I believe when he got traded to Green Bay, 9-7-9-7-9-7, right. balls were bouncing all over the place. He, he was, You know what he was doing? He was getting accustomed to the NFL game, and he was right. figuring out exactly what he can get away with and what he can't because he was quite creative. Right. So. If he corralled himself just a touch, but still gave him freedom to make some great plays and then three-time MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer. And some people were calling for him right. to sit down. <laughs> yeah, you want, I mean, if people, if people didn't have patience back then, we might have not seen one of the most exciting players in the history of the league. What's crazy about Herbert's start to his career, obviously the story that he didn't know he was starting until like five seconds before he had to go into the game. <laughs> right. From your perspective, like... Is that as impressive as it sounds to us, or is it almost so much like, what, you just totally didn't know, so you just don't even think. You just go and just start playing. Yeah, I think it's both. I think you make a good point. The build-up to a game now, okay, for some quarterbacks that haven't been through it. That can be a lot. That can be an awful lot on a young man. So uh, I don't know if it was the strategy or if it just happened, uh, but sometimes that's that's a really good thing. And I'll tell you what, the man from Oregon, he has done just an excellent job. Now, he's got to get some wins here, you know, and then and then he'll be one of the best in the league. He's got a long way to go because that difference between between just being pretty good and looking good on a team that's not winning very much and then winning a Super Bowl, it's very, very small, but a huge amount of work. 1029 ESPN Missoula, it's Nuanas Now. 
Maybe watching in SWX Montana Television. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. It is our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Proud Grizz, former NFL coach Marty Morningway joining us in studio. Coach, this originated with you texting me saying, hey, I got a new podcast. Check it out. So tell people about this. You have, uh, I mean, we'll go through the list here because I know some people know, maybe some people don't. You mentioned Brett Favre. You had a hand in coaching Brett Favre in Green Bay when you were in San Francisco. Steve Young, Jeff Garcia with the Eagles, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick. Recently with the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. And this last time you mentioned Jalen Hurts. I know Carson Wentz is still, was still in the fold at that time in Philadelphia as well. So uh, you said that the first guest on your podcast is the one and only Michael Vick, one of the most popular and electrifying players in league history. So tell us about how this all came about. How did you get in the podcast game? You know what? I was, I'm not going to coach for a little while here on purpose. <laughs> right. Right. And I, hey, let me tell you, I'm loving it. I'll tell you what, I've got, I've got one daughter in New York, a son that's coaching at MSU Texas and in North Texas, Wichita Falls, Texas. I've got a daughter in Whitefish and a son still playing at Carroll College. Yeah, do you have a son playing at Carroll? That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he broke his ankle two weeks before the spring league started. Mm. But, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, and then we just got back from, so I got to spend a lot of time with them, with my wife. Which, as you know, doesn't happen much when you in the NFL. In fact, my wife says my social skills have eroded over the years because <laughs> we just don't get out much. And then we just got back from San Jose, California, where we celebrated my mother's 80th birthday. Darla Joe, homecoming queen, Perry High School in Oklahoma. <laughs> She's walking two to three miles a day. She Love is it. rolling. So, and, and Mother's Day we spent out there. So, anyway, those things don't... And by the way, I've been on the golf course just a little bit. I That's saw right. You we saw you at the country day. club the other week. Yep. <laughs> now my handicap's not looking like I've been on the golf course, but I have a little hey, bit that's okay. more. I, that's the only reason I go to the country club, to make sure my handicap goes all the way up to 20. <laughs> when so I went we, and was shooting that Grizz golf feature, I saw you over there on the practice uh, area working on the game. So, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, those things don't happen. When you're coaching in in the NFL, they just don't. You don't have time. You go from the season to free agency to the draft to the offseason, many camps and OTAs, and then you might get three weeks or a month right there mid-June to mid-July, and that's that's about it. So I am enjoying the heck out of it. And I said, okay, how can I have a little excitement in my life? Because I will miss that <laughs> just for a little sure. bit. And so some people hooked me up. Listen, I don't, I've, I'm not sure I've really listened to a podcast, and I did one. So I'm learning on the go. And uh, I've got a lot of feedback from this one. We just dropped it, and, and uh, it was a wonderful, uh, fascinating little conversation with Mike Vick. Here's the scoop of, of the podcast. Two or three things in a story. So within the two or three things, I may talk something to do with football. Some, some type of clinic or a position or, or an entire or philosophy. And then something, maybe a current event. And then an interview with a friend of the Camp Marty quarterback school. And then a story. And that story may come from me or the man I'm interviewing, or and, and you know how it's working. Both of us are kind of telling the story. Mike told a story about 2010, Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants in about mid-December, and man alive, we were down crazy going to the locker room at halftime, despondent. And Mike told the story where he had basically moved on to the next game. And then we come back and win it in just a fantastic fashion. And it was like pandemonium. And so those are the great games. And those are the stories that we're telling on the Camp Marty Quarterback School podcast. That's what it is. Camp Marty QB School. You can find it on all your podcasting apps. I'm already subscribed on all of them. First episode just dropped last week, May 5th, with special guest Michael Vick. So very cool. Uh, Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. It's the ESPN Roundtable featuring... Coach Marty, Marty Morningweg, former Grizz quarterback as well as longtime NFL quarterback. Was it weird kind of being the facilitator? I mean, because you've done a million interviews in your life, whether it was as a player or a coach, and and so and you've come on this show. I mean, I know you're you're a pro when it comes to doing the media when we're asking you the questions. Was it weird being the guy that's kind of behind the mic? Way different. Way different, right? Way different. Because we're all competitive. So sure. you know, I'm I'm kind of doing it for a little bit of fun, you know, and excitement. But to do it really, really well, I have learned it is a talent. 
it's hard work, it's preparation. And so, and it's much like, you know, coaching in the NFL. You know, hard work and preparation is, is kind of the basis. So I'm learning how to do that just a little bit. Uh, but I figure with the guests that I'm having on, yeah. I'm not sure it matters because a lot of people like to hear Mike Vick. <laughs> that's right. That's you know, right. <laughs> I'm not sure they'll listen to my part of it, but but uh, and then the next one will be the great general manager from the Kansas City Chiefs, Brett Veach, will be oh, on cool. here real quick. And I think I'm need to drop that before Saturday because we did talk Preakness just a little bit, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and he gave his pick for the pre. He's a big horse guy too. Oh yeah, yeah. He knows it. He knows it just like the players. Uh, fantastic interview, and so we'll be dropping that, I suppose, before Saturday. I'm so curious because obviously there are so many NFL fans, and everybody has a team, and they follow it from that lens. But being in that world, maybe what's like one of the biggest like misconceptions or something that people don't understand about the NFL or about what it's like to be a coach in the NFL or something something like behind the curtain as far as like something that is just that people just don't realize what it's like. Well, I'll tell you, I, I suspect that people think it's a little more glamorous than it is. Hmm. It's not glamorous. Right. I mean, You're it sitting is. You're at the facility for 13 hours a day for like seven months in a row, right? Oh, 16, 18 <laughs> yeah, right. hours a day. I mean, you know, and you get a little sleep deprived and you got to, you know, use quite a little bit of Visine and you got to have your mind right because you're going against the very best coaches, schemes, other players. So our duty is to put our players in the very best pos- position to have success and ultimately win the ball game. And so it's a blue-collar type atmosphere. And we see basically the players and the coaches and some personnel guy. That's about the only people that we see for six, seven, eight months at a time. And it's a wonderful atmosphere because guys are putting it on the line, everybody, for each other with one goal in mind, whatever it takes to win the next ball game. So what a wonderful, it's a great, great profession. You better be tough because you're going to have some great ups and anybody can go through those, sure. you know. Right. But you're going to have some uh, unfortunate downs and you better be tough enough. Most Super Bowl teams, well, Tampa Bay, what were they? About 500 For sure, at seven some nine point. Before, yep. Yeah. And then this, yeah, this last year too, yep. And they battled through it. You have to battle through the adversity. So the character of the player and all the players, the toughness of the players. Now, you got to have enough talent, you know, talent, hard work, preparation, and then a little old school mentality. And I'm not talking about the short shorts and high socks. You remember Larry Bird and Magic Johnson? Although those are coming back into play. Well, short shorts have definitely come back into play. Functionality is what we're about now, right? (laughs) But it's that unselfishness. We don't care who gets the credit. How we get it done, if we win 6-3 to three or 43-40, we don't care whatever it takes to win the next game. So if, if you have those things, you know, as a team, as a whole team, uh, then you put no cap on yourself. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Marty Morningway joining us in studio for ESPN Roundtable, proudly presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. So how how many episodes are you trying to do with this podcast, or how often? I mean, are you trying to do it every couple of weeks, or what's the schedule like? Well, I will tell you, the, there was some discussion doing twice a week. I said, I said no, I'll do it once a week, yeah, yeah, and then we'll see from there. But I'm having fun with it. It's a lot of thought process, like like we discussed, and a little bit of preparation, and I can do it from here. And I love Missoula, Montana. I've, I've spent a little bit of time here in the last couple of years, and uh, what a wonderful place. Now, the problem is every time I fly back in, I see more cars on the road. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. So I think a few people have found this, this little area, and what a wonderful place. Great people, right? Just, and it looks like it's booming. I mean, it progress is coming is. to our little place down there. But uh, so... Uh, I've loved it, uh, and and we'll see what happens. We'll see where this thing goes, but I'm having fun. How are you doing it, Zoom? Yeah, so, you know, I didn't know how to do it, so I had to learn <laughs> all this, and I, I've got just a wonderful gal. She's out of Chicago named Liz, and Steve Mandel's agent, and the producer is just very, very... So I've got a lot of great people that have sort of got this thing up and running 
uh, for me, and we'll see how it goes. They're fantastic. They're expert. They're like you guys. I mean, they're they're really really experts at how to go about this thing, and and so and and I'm I'm doing it like a coach or a player. Hey, if I just get better every day, good things will happen. It's a, it's a great analogy because I think we, Sean and I would both agree, both as my role as a sports writer, which I've been doing for 15 years now, and then doing radio now for the last decade or so, it is very much like sports because the talent, the talent mostly is the passion. If you're passionate about it and you want to keep doing it, that will carry you because if you want to keep doing it, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. And so it is. It's just so much about reps. It's the rule of 10,000 hours. By the time you get to the point, like people ask us, how much do we prepare? I remember when I was a young journalist, so much. I remember when I used to come on the radio, I would prepare for hours and hours and hours. Well, then when you do it every single day, your preparation is the act of doing it. And so we don't have to prepare that much because we have the knowledge base built up. But it is. It's very much like a sport. It's very much like playing quarterback, I would say. Well, it depends what style you play, right? right? <laughs> uh, and all styles work, right? All styles work and just play to their strengths. As you're diving into the podcasting stuff, and I think a lot of former coaches, when they get done, some might start doing TV jobs, and they start, you know, seeing a little bit more about what the the media side is like. And I, and Coulter and I talk about this all the time, like the relationship between like coaches and media is a very interesting one. And there's sometimes this can be fun. Sometimes, like I think there's always a time where like the coach probably is hating on the media, and the media is like frustrated sure. with the coach. What was that like throughout your career? Like that relationship with playing the media, how you had to, like, tiptoe certain things or, like, go about a line? Or, or do you have, like, maybe a funny story about an interaction where you got really mad or something like that? Well, I'll <laughs> tell you, it depends where you're at. Yeah, that's but, true. Yep. Yeah, the national media in Green Bay, unless you play in a primetime game, then they'll come in, you know, two or three days yeah. before. But I will tell you, in Philadelphia, it's, it's different. Brutal. Yeah, brutal. It's yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. And I grew just to love... The Philadelphia fans, and they're quite different too. I mean, you could be up twenty-one nothing, and you go for uh, zero gain, and they start booing you. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned to love that, and I remember, I remember uh, one after the game press conference, and and we've got we've got Brian Westbrook, the great Brian mm-hmm. Westbrook. Oh yeah, and we've got Buckhalter behind him, who was very very good, mm-hmm. and for about four straight weeks. A reporter kept asking, "How about Buckhalter? Shouldn't you not play him a little yeah, bit more?" Yeah, yeah. And this is how I handled the <laughs> Philadelphia media. Yes, you're right. Absolutely, I'm going to try to get that done. So for four straight weeks, he kept going, and so finally he goes, "You've been saying this for weeks now. <laughs> now what? What? What's the situation?" I'm going, "Here's the situation. Buckhalter, very, very good player. We do play him a little bit, but when the game's on the line." Brian Westbrook, there's nothing like Brian Westbrook right now. And basically, once you get into the game, you think the game's on the line every play. (laughs) So, uh, And we had a good laugh. The Philadelphia media laughed at that one. So I will tell you, in the the big media markets, don't tell too many jokes because sometimes they'll take it or they'll do a cartoon of you Mm -hmm. in the newspaper, right? Okay. Be crisp concise to the point with them tell them the truth right and then get in get up get out right and you're pretty much in, in good shape and you and 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 embrace it embrace it and we don't care you in Philadelphia players and coaches I've seen the media chew up players and coaches okay you have to have the mentality we don't care what anybody else thinks says, except for the people in this building. And so you've got to build that mentality with the player. And it will have some deciding factors on what type of fellow you draft and who you draft. Can they hold up to the scrutiny in Philadelphia? So what a wonderful place. All my kids, you know, I was there for more than a decade. So all my kids, you know, if you ask them where they're from, they would say Philadelphia. And so a wonderful place. A couple more things for you, Coach, before we get you out of here. One thing that's exciting, I don't know if you've ever made this connection because you've all, you've come on here and, we, and we've done the show together, but I'm also on the board of directors for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. I do all the biography stuff for that. we got our great banquet coming up next month. Sean's actually going to make an appearance at the banquet, too. Maybe we'll go uh, make a run at that golf scramble, too. That might be pretty fun. <laughs> that's mainly why I'm bringing him because he's a ringer. But uh, either way, 
June 26th uh, in Billings, Montana, we'll induct in a, a class of eight guys that have had to wait their turn here because this was supposed to happen last spring, but then everything that happened, we don't need to go into all that. But uh, we're very excited for it. But you are one of the headlining members of this class, so we're excited to have you there. But, I mean, just talk about that honor because I know you've been honored in a lot of different forms and fashions, but it must be pretty cool to come full circle back to Montana where you kind of first cut your teeth as a college football player. I'll tell you what. I am so excited for Billings. Oh, you're going to love it, man. Yeah. The stories are the best stories of the year every year. They're so good. <laughs> well, that's like my podcast. The stories <laughs> yeah, are that's so right. That's right. It's you're so into important. He's that's a, right. a pro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the stories are so important. But I'll tell you, I, I, you know, like you said, I've been fortunate enough to win, you know, several different awards, and I really have never been able to attend those my high school hall of fame you know we're playing they're doing it in august uh you know the montana the university hall of fame you know they did it and then and so i'm so excited just to be able to attend Mm -hmm. you know i'll tell you another good story mike holmgren you guys probably Mm -hmm. know that was my high school quarterback coach and offensive coordinator so that was the connection initially (laughs) that that made you come all the way back around to green bay i never knew that that's amazing he hired me in green bay and gave me what, what what you know i mean brett Favre. Nine right. seven nine seven nine seven, <laughs> right? And 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 so I took that responsibility very seriously, and but so Mike was uh, a great great high school quarterback coming out of San Francisco. So I went to Northern California Player of the Year. We, you know, about four or five of us, you know, coaches and myself drive up to Sacramento to get the award. And they talked about Mike Holmgren breaking the the all-star record of yards and completions. And then uh, for about 15 minutes, they talked about Mike Holmgren. <laughs> and then they said, Marty, come up and get your award. That's it. Boom, <laughs> so that's about the only banquet that I've ever received anything, you know. So I'm so excited about this. I'm bringing a, a special guest as well and oh, his nice. wife. And so we are going to have fun. In fact, the, the, they're going to fly in here, and then we're going to have some fun for a few days and then head up to Big Sky Resort and mm-hmm. spend a day there. And then I'm going to hit that golf that golf scramble oh, on yeah. Friday, and then I believe the awards banquet is Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. You got it. Thank you for bringing that up. Of course. Uh, it's important to me. It's one of my favorite events of the year. Anybody out there that wants to attend, you can get tickets in a variety of fashions. You can go to mtfootballhof.com, mtfootballhof.com, or you can visit any Universal Athletic location, uh, any store around the state of Montana. They have tickets for you as well. It's $100 a ticket or $800 for a table, but it's absolutely one of the best events of the year. Marty Morningwig will be part of the class, as will Brent Musburger, legendary broadcaster, uh, Bob Beers, longtime uh, former Grizz as well, and, and a longtime NFL contributor, scout, and director of player personnel, things like that. Uh, Travis Lule, great Montana State quarterback, Ken Amato, great Bobcat, Dan Carpenter, a record-setting kicker from the Grizz, Steve Okanuski, who was a great player for the Grizz in the late 60s, early 70s. I promise you, the ticket will be worth the price of admission for whatever Okanowski says on the stage. The, the interview I did with him for his bio lasted an hour and a half, and I could only use probably 10 minutes of what he said because he told me so many outrageous stories about fishing and swimming naked in the Clark Fork and Stockman's <laughs> Bar in 1971. and None of it was printable, but it was all fantastic. So it'll be a great night, June 26th in Billings, so go check out Universal Athletic, any retail location, or go to mtfootballhof.com. Coach, this is awesome. Thanks so much for swinging by. You're welcome anytime. Hey, that was awesome. I appreciate you putting that Camp Marty Quarterback School podcast out there for people to to listen to. Mike Vig did a hell of a job on there. You know, I, I could sit back and do that for hours and hours and have a conversation with Mike. Uh, it's a, he's a very intriguing guy. You know, we talked about he started at the bottom, got to the top of what he wanted to do in a crash and burn. Mm-hmm. And then I got him. He was in the can for 18 months. And then he came back to the top and then transitioned into the media just beautifully. So what a great story he has. I appreciate you guys having me on. You can come by any time. It's our ESPN Roundtable, proudly presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Go check out Paradise Falls for anything. Whether you need breakfast, lunch, dinner, you want to have a beer, you want to watch some sports, Whatever you need, Paradise Falls, your go-to spot. Missoula's coolest hot spot. Millie Michael, University of Montana softball team, after this.
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's time now for our Garden City Spotlight, presented by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula, Dr. Gene Morris and Oral Surgical Associates, your go-to for any oral surgery needs, whether you need wisdom, teeth out, you have some sort of dental emergency, you need an implant, a bridge. Give Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates a call today. And we welcome in Rangish Brothers RV phone line, Melanie Michael. She's the head coach for the University of Montana softball team. They are on their way to the Big Sky Conference Tournament. And Coach, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Coulter. It's been an doing interesting well, year, to be sure. So let's start there. We try to talk about the pandemic as little as possible on this show, but it's a strange year, particularly for the sports teams in college athletics that competed in spring sports because those didn't happen last year really at all. So uh, what was it like for you and your program to try to navigate everything that's happened? And now here you are, and I know I know it's been sort of a, a roller coaster ride of a season, but you are headed to the postseason. You're headed to the Big Sky Conference Tournament. So what's this last year plus been like for the University of Montana softball program? Absolutely. Uh, it has been a roller coaster. It's been uh, something that we've been very thankful that uh, administration um, and a lot of our athletic trainers have put a lot of work into to give us the opportunity to play uh, a season this year as last year was taken away at the beginning of the pandemic. And so we're forever grateful and thankful for the opportunities uh, that we received um, and kind of have navigated through uh, picking up a season again and have been on a roller coaster from the beginning and just feel like we are starting to um, really settle into who we are as this softball and are very excited that we now have uh, the Big Sky Conference Tournament uh, sitting in front of us. Softball scheduling is always uh, fascinating to me because... <laughs> First of all, it's hard to play games in Montana when the softball season starts because you guys are getting started in mid-February. So not a lot of opportunities to play home games. You spent most of the first, well, I don't know, first four to six weeks on the road this year before you finally got a home game. And you played a bunch of dynamite opponents, including teams that were ranked in the top ten at the time, like Oregon, uh, Arizona State, and a couple other uh, prominent programs like Texas A&M. Uh, and even Utah State, BYU. So I know this is sort of the challenge each year is sort of navigating these premier opponents while still trying to improve yourselves. But what was this one like? How did this one set the stage or set the table for this season? Yeah, you know, going through a little bit of the pandemic and some of the financial crisis that people go through in the pandemic, it was one that we had to be able to schedule and find places that one, we could play softball in, uh, two, that it was safe for our team to be able to travel to, and then financially uh, responsible and taking care of that. And so uh, some of the tournaments that we were in, uh, in the non-conference schedule, you don't necessarily know uh, other teams or opponents that will be in there. And I think through the COVID year, um, it's been a year in which, you know, we go out to Texas El Paso and it's going to be three teams in that tournament and it turns out a team has to drop out because of COVID and ASU joins us in that tournament. And so uh, you don't necessarily know in your non-conference who all will show up in those tournaments until about November. And for this year, we weren't finding out until uh, a week or two prior and so um, we did get a, a couple of tough draws and uh, felt like it would be an opportunity for uh, softball to be able to compete and push us uh, to, to a level of play um, with a Pac-12 team or two Pac-12 teams. We had an SEC team and very strong uh, opponents that are doing well in their conferences. So it was a, uh, a grind to start the year and a tough schedule, um, but really proud of our players and the way that we 
uh, continued to battle through it and uh, felt like we got our feet underneath us for Big Square Conference play and feel like we are still on the rise of uh, who we are and we're playing well. Melanie Michael joining us. It's our Garden City Spotlight presented by Dr. Gene Morris and Oral Surgical Associates. University of Montana softball team headed to the Big Sky Carvers Tournament. They're actually on their way to Ogden, Utah as we speak. But uh, we got uh, a showdown on on Thursday, excuse me, at noon against Sacramento State. Um, but, Coach, first of all, let's talk just kind of about the evolution of the program because the, the COVID year sort of fit right in the middle of what was going to be sort of a turnover anyways. I know that there was a little bit of turnover initially coming into 2019 as well. But now, since it's been a couple years since you took over as the head coach and some of the great initial players in the infancy of this program have come and gone at the University of Montana, Largely a new look team, and there's been some fun things that your team has accomplished this year, which we'll get into. But specifically, Tristan Achenbach setting an all-time record uh, for wins as a pitcher. But before we get there, how has this the identity and the dynamic of this team changed with uh, coming out of 2019 and then having a full year off, and then coming into 2021? Absolutely, I think that um, over the growth, you know, we had a very large 2018 class that left us, the initial class, and we've had some very dynamic players uh, come in on the backside and really um, solidify the the softball players uh, and athletes that they are. Um, I think that we continue to uh, see different people step up in leadership roles, and I think that is kind of the dynamics that each team in each year will bring. It's a new team, a uh, new year, and uh, it's always um, a journey for that team to continue to mesh together uh, and have um, players step up, leaders step up, and uh, really uh, push the team to the next level. And so it's something each year uh, we continue to work to grow and continue to uh, fight and compete for that Big Sky Conference championship in postseason play. Earlier today, Big Sky Conference released their all-conference teams and four for the University of Montana named to the first or second team and then a couple others uh, named honorable mention as well. Uh, but Cammie Sellers leads the way, voted first team uh, by the Big Sky Conference coaches, and she was also the newcomer of the year the last time uh, the softball season took place back in 2019. So just tell us about her. I mean, what sort of things has she done that have contributed to the success of your team so far this year? Yeah, Cammie Sellers is a, a, a great hitter. She is an offensive-minded individual, uh, an athlete, and she has a presence at the plate that uh, her teammates, her coaches, and I think every coach and every uh, player in the Big Sky Conference uh, recognizes when she gets to the plate. Uh, she has that presence. And I think over you know, the three years that we've had with her, I feel like her uh, defensive game, and she's really stepped up to be a great softball player for us. And I'm just proud that she's getting recognized um, by uh, people in the conference of really how good of a softball player she is. Well, the Big Sky Conference, all-conference selections for Montana included juniors Kylie Becker and Megan McGrath, as well as a couple honorable mentions. Oh, and, and, of course, freshman Anna Toon was a second-team selection. Uh, and then seniors Tristan Ackenbach, Jessica McAllister, and sophomore JC, or Jaxie, excuse me, Kluswich were honorable mention honorees, but the, the four first and second team selections, the most for Montana since 2016, and the second highest total in program history. Uh, but one young lady I want to ask you about, Melanie, is Tristan Ackenbach. She's been on this show before. We had a lot of fun chatting with her. Uh, a great young lady but also now a new record holder. She's the all-time leader in the University of Montana's history, uh, a short history to be sure, but still a prestigious honor to be the wins champion, uh, the most wins in program history. So what what has she meant to your program, and what have you thought of the way she sort of developed from someone that had to sort of wait her turn behind Michaela Hood to now sort of getting her chance to shine on the bump? Uh, Tristan Orkenbach is probably one of the hardest working, most competitive individuals I've been around or coached. Um, and so it's, it's any honor that she can receive, uh, it's awesome to see and awesome to watch her uh, be able to compete because uh, if it's the off season, if it's at practice, she is in it. Uh, she's focused and she's determined to be uh, the best uh, for her team. And um, she has um, still a, some time ahead of her. I keep telling her that she with that ring and... Um, she just is a true competitor, and I absolutely love watching her 
perfections uh, kind of embarrassing. So to see her uh, record the most amount of wins in our uh, in our program is special, and uh, look to build upon that. And um, really excited uh, to watch her this weekend. Melanie Michael joining us, head coach for the Montana softball team. They take on Sacramento State Thursday at noon. And just a couple more things for you, Coach. Montana finished up the softball schedule during the regular season uh, with an overall record of 16-28, and 8-10 and 10 in conference play. But it was a super tight Big Sky Conference race this year. 8-10 and 10 was actually a tie for third place in the league standings, but a bunch of tiebreakers ended up giving Montana the sixth seed. This is a six-team tournament, so Sacramento State the three seed, Montana the sixth seed, but they actually had identical conference records. Sac State uh, defeated the University of Montana earlier this year in Missoula twice, uh, and that ended up being the tiebreaker that gave the, the Hornets the three seed. But just talk about the league, Melanie. I mean, what what catered to the fact that it was such a tight race, and, and here we are with the three seed and the six seed that had the identical conference records. Yeah, I think that it is a competitive league. I think that uh, each series matters and teams know that and uh, continue to compete in those series and felt like everything in the middle kind of sat in a jam the last two weekends. And um, and as you're saying, uh, you know, one and two were solidified. Uh, the seventh spot was set, and then from there it was just kind of a, a dog race, and so uh, four teams had tied for that third place, and so we will be seeing Sacramento State. What's the scout on Sac State? How do you, how do you feel your team's confidence is going into this Big Sky Conference tournament matchup? Yeah, we had them in Missoula, our second week of conference play uh, at the end of March, beginning of April, uh, and we played our uh, our Friday doubleheader, both one-run games, um, and felt like we were still working to develop who we who we were as a team. I thought that we competed hard. I thought that uh, we were present in the game. Um, but I think in the last um, month, we've really uh, kind of found out who we were and what we wanted and um, the way that we played the game. Um, has been a step in the right direction, and I think that we're a different team than who we were when we saw Sacramento State. Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates with University of Montana softball coach Melanie Michael. It's Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Keep it right here. One more to go. See you soon. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.